It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anson, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Good to have Jason back in the building. Yeah, believe it or not, I am still a part of this show. <laughs> Despite my uh, attempts to just go solo for a little while. <laughs> that go well? You guys want to give him a grade on how he did solo? I mean, he did it for like however many months. How long did you do it solo before I came on? Uh, Two months, two and a half. So late spring into the... I think the July, early, yeah, the early late summer. late June, early July is when I think I came on full time. Yeah, doing the show. So it's it's better to have a co-host. Yeah, <laughs> it always works better. I I'm terrible solo. I've just not gotten it down. I think we hemorrhage viewers when it's just me. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, you know I had a couple things planned yesterday. Went through most of them, and uh, I'll admit I had one more little thing to share on the tail end of yesterday's show, and now I can't remember what it was. But it got blown up because I'm not going to say his name, but there was a media member in Salt Lake who covers the school for down south who continues to perpetuate this fake controversy about Utah State. All they do is hurt BYU quarterbacks. Remember the media, not just some random Twitter account? Yes. Because... I feel like I know who it is. An offensive... Uh, coach for that team said we ran the ball because we just didn't want to get the quarterback hit. And that's the claim. And so he's sharing that and just perpetuating this. Like It's been two weeks. Get over it. It's football. Like Guys get hit. It's not on some board in the USU locker room. Like goals today. Win the turnover battle. Have more explosives. Uh, limit, you know, personal uh, penalties, and hit the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, it's not on some list. Like injure the quarterback. Yeah. Because keep in mind, Jaron Hall is now the first quarterback that Utah State sent out for the season this year. They did it against UConn. It happens, and Utah State had their quarterback taken out for the year by somebody already. You know, Logan Bonner broke his foot. It happens. All the time. Everywhere. I know. Like I said, I, I stirred it's, a hornet's It's really silly. I stirred the hornet's nest uh, late on the Saturday of the game by just posting a bunch of screenshots of BYU Twitter accounts, and they got all uh, yeah. hurt over that. It, it's clearly, like, coordinated now. Like, everybody's on board here. <laughs> so it's like, it's just, it's silly. It's just, it's really silly. Like, And to, to have a, a member of the media who... Generally, like I get it, he covers BYU and he's writing to that fan base. But generally, he does a pretty fair job. But it's like, what are you? What are you even doing? 
why are we still fanning the flames on this? It's so fake. So I, ha I went off a little bit yesterday. Sorry if you missed that. I did. I was a little busy. We we caught the very beginning of your show as we were driving into the canyon, and then we lost it. So. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get, didn't get to hear all that. Yeah, I mean, a nice drive down to Murray, and yeah. Had a, had a pretty solid game down at Logan. Logan did all right. Yeah, you know what? Uh, pretty pretty interesting night for Region 11 high school football. The final RPI will be interesting because uh, you know, how will Green Canyon be affected by having their game canceled? How will some of these other games be if teams be affected by playing, I mean, honestly, inferior teams, but still at a higher classification? And, uh, you know, Ridgeline and, and Box Elder went head-to-head. -head, pretty close game. And then Box Elder pulls away. Um, Ridgeline's coming down the field trying to even the score. But Box Elder picks it off. And then they come down and score on the other end. They have a big uh, rushing play for like 70 yards and just kind of throw the hammer down uh, to win by two touchdowns. But that game was a lot closer than that final score indicates. But it was a, a blowout victory for for a Mountain Crest, a blowout victory for Logan, and it was a nice victory uh, for the Bears as well. So, and that was a close contest. So, interesting final games in Region Eleven last night. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. The the thing I'm looking at most, and it's not just because I'm the play by play guy for Logan, but it is really like Logan is right on the cusp of maybe hosting. A first round playoff game. I think if they get to the eighth seed or whatever it's called, yeah, they host a playoff. They're at nine. They just won. Um, I believe the team that was ahead of them, of course, UHSA takes down their uh, RPI, but uh, I know you and John were both on the case as far as screenshotting it before they took it down. Um, I think it was Cedar that was ahead of Logan, and I believe Cedar lost. So it becomes interesting. There's a lot of factors at play because Green Canyon wins, or excuse me, Logan wins, but they beat a team that's now 2-8 and eight after that loss. So, like, Logan's win percentage goes up, their opponent's, you know, win percentage goes down, and, you know, a bunch of other factors. And I think Cedar, I think they lost to Crimson Cliffs, I believe, who's one of the top teams. So, Crim so Cedar... Their record goes down, but their opponent's win percentage goes up and a bunch of different weird factors. And so there's a possibility that even though a team in front of Logan lost, Logan could end up staying the same in RPI, which would mean they have to play a road game instead of a home playoff game. Yeah, so this is uh, before the games happened last night. Logan was at the number nine spot. Cedar was at number eight. Um, so Logan had their own personal uh, win percentage improve. Uh, their opponent's win percentage probably didn't, uh, <laughs> wasn't really improved. No. <laughs> Beating no, Cotton was. So, um, it, it's, so it takes into account your winning percentage, your opponent's winning percentage, and your opponent's opponent's winning percentage. Yeah, that one I'm not even going to try and dig into. <laughs> so... So before the games happened Wednesday night, Ridgeline was at the third spot, but they moved down to four. So Ridgeline was at four, Mountain Crest at six, Skyview at seven, 
Logan at 9, Green Canyon at 11, and Bear River 12. So what will be interesting to me is will Bear River go ahead of Green Canyon now that the Bears have an extra victory and uh, Green Canyon didn't end up playing? And as you said, will Logan move up with their win and with Cedar's loss? I think Ridgeline is pretty secure at their spot. At uh, well, at least in at not moving up into that potential to have a first round bye. I think that's off the table now. And uh, so the question for them is: Will they be the number four team or will they be the number five team? Yeah, it's interesting. So I know there's a guy on Twitter, McCade Pearson. Oh, he he likes to calculate the RPI, and I think he has. The formula, I was just looking this up because I thought of this last night to try and look up what he did where he does the calculations because I don't think it's a very hard formula and he may have and he can just calculate it as long as he has the records because that's all you need. And it looks like it has Logan still at number nine. So if that's what the UHSA ends up being, you know, Logan may not actually move up. Interesting. So then that's why I said there's a lot of weird factors going in here that even though, you know, win or loss, that doesn't mean you get to move up. That's true. That's true. So last night in Region 10, these are the, the outcomes for their games. Now, they, they were still concluding their region last night because they have one extra team, and so their, their uh, region schedule goes one extra week as compared to Region 11. But last night, Dixie beat Hurricane, Desert Hills beat Pineview, and Crimson Cliffs beat Cedar City. So no real upsets there. The top three teams still won. And, um, you know, that's that didn't really change too much in the final order in that top three. And it just depends on, you know, how, what was the strength of the other teams that you faced on the final night of the regular season. Excellent. And for Logan, Cottonwood's not that great, so probably doesn't move them up, move the needle enough for Logan. Yeah, so based on this unofficial calculation that was done, Logan's RPI went up by like .02. Cedar, who lost, according to this, also had their RPI go up, even though they lost. But they lost to a good team. I know. <laughs> so that's, that's so stupid. That's how that works. Calculations and, and you, you're you shouldn't be punished for playing a tough opponent. Yeah, and which I I get. So I, I, I get that. There, there's there's some issues with these computer rankings and how they're just too simplistic. And there's ways to get around that. Yeah, I know we've talked a lot about the RPI lately, but it still feels like more needs to be discussed and reviewed. Uh, but. We wait now because there are a number of games taking place tonight uh, throughout um, the state for high school football because some teams uh, still schedule on a Thursday for uh, fall break just to give them a little different schedule as opposed to the shortened go from Friday to Wednesday. Um and I don't. I think there may be a few schools who play on Friday as well, but those are usually the eight-man schools. Uh, no, I'm looking it over. There's actually quite a few teams that are going to play on Friday uh, of significant size. 
No so, fall, no fall break for them. Or at least no going anywhere for your fall break. Yeah, it's true. You gotta stick around, and play football. No holidays for football players. So we won't find out probably until Sunday. Uh, I think it'll be Sunday where they'll do the final RPI reveal. Uh, it could be Monday morning, but I believe it. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's Sunday. Yeah, they've usually released them Monday. I think. But obviously, with it being the, you know, last one, maybe they released earlier. Maybe they have released it on Sunday, and it's just I always see it on Sat or on Monday. So, not quite sure there. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say. Yeah, but that's that's the thing is you know Logan, they're pretty much the only one that's on like the cusp of anything, you know, because the other teams they're pretty much set in their place. You know, Mountain Crest is going to host a game. Ridgeline is, I mean, their chances for a bye kind of got shot by them losing. You know, Green Canyon, Bear River, uh, obviously are going to be on the road. Then Skyview, they're you know at seven, so they're pretty safely in home game territory. It's just Logan; they're they're right on that edge there. It's like, and that could be the difference between them winning and losing, and it's being based off of a simplistic formula. Yeah, and we've, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what uh, how that uh, victory for Box Elder affects them. And their RPI in 5A, uh, if they're able to move up a little bit. But um, it, uh, yeah, it, with with everybody in Region 11 winning except Ridgeline, that uh, we'll be curious to see how that affects, you know, the Ridgeline loss potentially affects the other teams in the region and how they end up in their final RPI rankings. Yeah, I think overall, you know, everyone in Region 11, their opponent's win percentage went up. I mean, at least among region teams. I mean, overall, who knows, because they have so many opponents at this point. But Region 11 did well to at least try and raise their own opponents' win percentage by pretty much everybody winning. Or at least more teams winning than losing out of Region 11. Uh, you can see the replays if you want. Uh, if you go back and watch the games that happened over the uh, or last night, uh, for those teams who did play, you can, we have those replays available right now on CashValleyDaily.com. You can see the full scoreboard and see what uh, uh, what happened there. We also had some games in uh, 4A girls soccer last night. The first round of the 4A girls soccer playoffs took place yesterday afternoon, and a number of those games were also here in northern Utah, here in Cash Valley, and uh, there was an upset on the road. It was the uh, the um, it was Logan Grizzlies winning on the road, and so uh, congratulations to Logan going down to Crimson Cliffs, pulling off the upset as the number nine seed, and so they're rewarded with going to Mountain Crest to take on the number one team <laughs> in all of four A. Yeah, a very very good Mountain Crest team. I mean, you look at the two games these two teams played against each other. It was two zero and one zero, I believe. Now, granted, I don't think Mountain Crest gave up a goal in region play. I think they shut everyone out every single time. Oh, wow. If, I, if I'm not mistaken. So, Logan may have a time scoring a goal, but it only takes one, and suddenly a 1-0 or a 1-1 game goes all the way to overtime, and suddenly it's a shootout, and that's where, you know, soccer is a sport where it's actually fairly easy to have upsets sometimes, where it just takes – you know, a really good defensive game and one stroke of luck. And that's 
about all you need sometimes. <laughs> and I, I've seen those things happen. Yeah, so Logan pulled off the upset yesterday. Green Canyon dominating Pineview, 8 nothing. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's the... That wasn't... I saw that. I was like, oh, dang. Wow. Course, so Green Canyon averaging like three and a half goals per game this season. They, I think they lead all of Region 11 in goals four, like with 60. High-scoring <laughs> offense for the Wolves. Which is weird because, you know, for all the time I was covering girls' soccer, about two or three years, Green Canyon, for boys and girls, and they were both coached by uh, Sven Rasmussen. I don't know if he's still the coach, but he was coaching both boys and girls, and they were both always exactly the same team. Phenomenal defense. Even, you know, when Green Canyon sometimes had like two or three freshmen on their back line would still have the best defense. And they also had, I think, Brooke Watkins as their goalkeeper, who's now at Utah State. Um, she was, you know, phenomenal goalkeeper. But for all that great defense, they could not score to save their life. <laughs> so they'd get 1-0 wins or they'd lose, you know, 0-1 or something like that. And now it's like, wait a minute, they're the highest scoring team. What happened? So because uh, they dominated Pineview, they, uh, as being a number four seed, they get to host a game on Saturday. So Desert Hills will be coming up. Desert Hills won their game as a number five seed. So it'll be Green Canyon versus Desert Hills Saturday. Now, the uh, all games were tentatively scheduled for 1 o'clock on Saturday. I don't know if that'll still be the same time for that game with Desert Hills making the trip up from uh, Southern Utah or if they'll move it. I, I don't know. But tentatively all games scheduled for 1 o'clock. Uh, Desert Hills beat Hurricane uh, as uh, that's the team who they beat. Uh, but then Skyview beating Dixie 5-1. to one. And so they will host uh, – no, they will not host, excuse me, but they, they won their game – so it means they advance, and they will play Ridgeline, who, like Mountain Crest, received that first round bye and waiting in the wings to see who they would face. So it'll be number two Ridgeline hosting number seven Skyview Saturday at one o'clock in Millville. Yeah, so obviously, nice. This will probably be maybe a bit of a closer inter region game, but I mean, Ridgeline did win. <laughs> excuse me, both matchups. I think Ridgeline only lost to Mountain Crest. Uh, in region play. So clearly there's a hierarchy. There's Mountain Crest, then Ridgeline, and then kind of everybody else. Because, you know, Skyview's the seven seed. So it's Skyview seven, Logan was nine, and Green Canyon was four. Yes. So they're kind of all in there, you know, more or less. Um, you know, Skyview, uh, they went, they lost two to one to Ridgeline. So they were kind of close in that sense. And then they lost one zero. So it's like, this is again where it's like, okay, there's one team that's like clearly. Record-wise, better, but the games were at least sort of close on both occasions. And so, again, when the playoffs come around, things get nuts. And I've seen some upsets in the playoffs. I've covered these teams when they get into the playoffs, and crazy upsets happen. That's why, that's why I love soccer in the Valley for boys and girls. It's just spectacular. I absolutely love it. Uh, Cedar, by the way, beat Bear River 4 nothing, and the uh, Bear River was the number 11 seed made the trip down to Cedar. Uh, so we're actually going to have some of these games covered on CashValleyDaily.com on Saturday. So we're going to have a crew covering the Mountain Crest versus Logan game in Hiram. That'll be Hurricane John Newbold and John Russell on the call for that game. And then uh, so that'll be at, at Mountain Crest. 
It, and at it, Ridgeline, it's a shame that uh, Hurricane didn't win against Desert Hills. Then you put John Newbold on the <laughs> Green Canyon Hurricane matchup. <laughs> hurricane Colin Hurricane. Uh, but then Ridgeline will be hosting uh, Skyview at uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock. And, Jason, you're going to call that game with Nick Zollinger. Yeah, yeah. It'll be my first soccer game I'll have ever called. So I'll jump into a third different sport I'll now have called a game for. But really excited. It'll be my first chance. I've not been able to go and see these teams as much as I've loved covering them in the past. I've not had the time or resources to go out and watch them. So it'll be nice going and seeing these teams. I know Nick uh, has watched a lot of these games. I believe he has a daughter who plays on the team or is on the squad. Um, so, so no bias at all from him during. The I'm roster. sure he'll call a very straight game. <laughs> That's a foul <laughs> for for, uh, for Skyview. Uh, I'm sure they won't be upset. Uh, but it'll be fun having these games uh, covered. We've we've wanted to get more of these types of games on Cash Valley Daily this season. Uh, we had some technical things we were working through this year with our gear, uh, and so we're we're to a point where we're confident enough that we can pull this off again like we did in the spring. And so we're really excited to be able to cover these games and broadcast them on CashValleyDaily.com this weekend for the for two different games that are going on. We wish we could have the Green Canyon uh, Desert Hills game as well, but with <laughs> fall break and people gone, we, we just had a hard time finding enough personnel to get that game covered. So uh, we are covering the Mountain Crest Logan game and the Ridgeline Skyview game. And uh, and if they continue to uh, advance, we'll tr- uh, keep trying to find ways to have those games covered somehow for uh, for people who want to follow along to see what they're doing. They're going to start going down to Juan Diego after this week, though, so it gets trickier. That it does. But that is something we're definitely going to try and do. I know we've... We've tried to bring up the you know the non-football or the bas- boys basketball one. Those tend to be the popular ones. But I've always loved covering these other sports. You know, I've covered the girls' soccer and the boys' soccer and the girls' basketball and all that. There's a lot of great play down here or up here in the valley, and it's nice to be able to highlight those, you know, as much as possible. Because I love covering great athletes and great teams. Like the Mountain Crest girls' team is probably the best sports team we've seen. Well, then maybe the girls. Uh, the tennis team for Green Canyon. Was it the girls' team or the boys' team? I can't remember. <laughs> I didn't actually look it up. It was just the tennis team. <laughs> you know, it, I can't remember which one plays in the spring and which one in the fall. But, you know, they won a state title, Green Canyon did in tennis. Yeah. But Mountain Crest, well, they may be well on their way to winning one now. Uh, it was the girls' tennis who just won Yeah. here in the fall. That's what I thought. I was like in the background, I said, it's the girls' tennis, right? But, yeah, so there's – there's some great teams that, you know, we've not quite mentioned on the show yet or, you know, been able to cover. So it's, it's, it's really nice to be able to cover these teams. So uh, we'll, we'll have links up. Feel free to share them, pass them along, let people know uh, who may be out of the area, maybe somebody who would have liked to have been there but they're out for a fall break, that they can still follow along and check it out. Uh, that will be coming up on Saturday. Games tentatively scheduled to start at 1 o'clock. If it's anything different than that, we'll let you know, but that's pretty much the plan. Uh, all right, a quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, uh, we're at the midway point of the Utah State football season. And so, because school's in session and it's midterms, we'd like to know what, what, what midterm grades would you give this Utah State football team so far uh, by different positions, coaching, team overall, 
Let's get your thoughts on that. 435-339-0321. Schreiber Foods wants to give a big thanks to the community for your support during their 50-year celebration. Thanks to you, they exceeded their goals for money raised and food donated for the Cash Food Pantry. Over 60,000 boxes of birthday cake mix was donated and thousands of dollars raised, all to help feed hungry families in our community. You also helped set a world record for the largest macaroni and cheese dish ever made, over 4,700 pounds, and it was delicious. In fact, so many people have asked for the recipe that you can now pick up that exact recipe at the Logan Schreiber Foods Office, 885 North, 600 West. Local restaurants donated proceeds like Texas Roadhouse, Chick-fil-A, Firehouse Pizza, Los Primos, Sabores, Tandoori Oven, and Cafe Sabor. They also want to thank their dedicated Triber Foods employees for all the difference you make in feeding the world and doing good through food. Again, thank you from everyone at Triber Foods. They couldn't have done it without you. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20 k Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger, casual or professional. Open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m., Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. The state's wood stove conversion assistance program is coming to Cache Valley October 17th. Replace your old, outdated wood fireplace and get a rebate of up to $4,000. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, the two-time Best of Northern Utah winner in the fireplace retrofit category, is an authorized vendor for this program. They suggest heat and glow fireplaces or quadrifier pellet and wood stoves. Act quickly. This one will close fast. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Information is online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Valvoline, it's an oil change located across from Angie's at 695 North Main in Logan. Quick, clean, and easy. Stop in today or stop in any day this week. They're open seven days a week. Valvoline, it's an oil change. So we're at the midway point of the Utah State football season. They are two and four with six more games left to go. And Kansas uh, thinking about midterms. Like, what would you. What kind of grade would you give Utah State 
and their performance so far this season. 435-339-0321. I also threw it out on uh, Twitter, getting some responses there. But a couple of your texts come, have come in as well. By the way, 8968. I seem to remember an Aggie quarterback getting hurt at BYU. Yeah, it's talking like, about their fake controversy down there. There's a lot of delusion when it comes to BYU. And here's the thing. like, I have every reason to like BYU. There's a lot of reasons for me to like them. Family, you know, growing up down further south, closer to BYU, almost closer to BYU than Utah State. Well, not quite. Um, but just, I can't. Because there is such an absolute delusion with many people. And I've had teams for me ruined by fans. Like teams that I liked. And then suddenly I encountered fans and they were horrible. And I don't like them anymore. And BYU is one of them where it's like a complete delusion about their team. You know, about everything. And Boise State's kind of doing that too. I used to kind of like Boise State. And then Boise State fans are a lot like BYU fans. A lot. And I'm not going to give Utah State fans the complete pass. On, on some things, I know Utah State tends to get too big for their britches a lot. You know, they have a bit of a little brother syndrome, but they're not bad. At worst, Utah State fans are kind of mildly annoying on like a social media landscape. But BYU and Boise State can be just this swarm hive of absolute nonsense and sheer <laughs> absurdity and bias where it's like, are you even paying attention anymore? I know. Like, do you have eyes? Do you have a brain? Does it work? You know, something I pride myself on is being able to step back and at least be neutral for the most part. And just take their goggles off and try and be as unbiased as possible. I'm not perfect at it, but I pride myself on being able to do that for the most part. And so just seeing people just unable to look past their own biases when it comes to sports, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Uh, so a couple other texts have come through in relation to midterm grades, 4446 texting in. Coaching, D+. Plus. Defense, B-. Minus. Offense, C-. Minus. Overall, C-. Minus. Don't lose to Weber, ever. Coaches should be F-, minus, but they got lucky Lega is playing. See, here's the issue I kind of have with grading is that there's Almost two sec two sections I should be grading. Almost like a first term and a second term. Like, and if it was the first term, then it's like F. Just I don't even care. Just it was a complete failure. The first, you know, two, three games. Yeah, it'd be so the first three games. Complete failure. Nothing to be really optimistic about. You barely beat a Yukon team who's bad. You know, you get shut out by shut out on offense in two straight games. Just F's across the board. The defense is the only one that just doesn't straight up get an F. Because they're at least okay at times. Um, in the last three games, term two, then you're starting to get some passing grades, some B's, and you know at least C's. You know, because the offense done much better. Especially in the last two games. You know, UNLV, there's some turnovers that drags them down. But in the last two games, you'd probably give the offense a B. But they were just so awful early on that you're like, how do I do I, you know, play recency bias into the grade and kind of give them the more optimistic push? Because when I initially put down my offensive grade, I was like C plus. And I was like, well, 
but that off oh, they were just so bad early on. And I've, I'm eventually working my way down to like a C minus is where it's sitting on my notes. But again, I'm just like, where do I put it? Because you have to balance two completely different sections of the season. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good point. Uh, a couple of uh, just some of the responses that I had on uh, on Twitter, sharing some of those at Morty Ryan said defense overall a B, offense overall a D plus, offense with Laga B plus. Yeah. See, and I I, I kind of like that. Where it's like, you know, I'm, I maybe not go as high as B plus, but like you know, that's what you're looking at. Where the offense overall in the season, you know, I've worked my way down to a C minus, D plus. Obviously, not out of the question there. Um. And the defense, I do think, overall on the season, you're looking at B, I put B minus, you know, passable, above average, or above passable, but not quite realizing its fullest potential in some ways. Um, and some of these games, there's still some holes that you feel like they're not, you know, they're not doing as good a job as maybe they could. So, again, this, this, is, this is tricky to do. And as far as coaching, coaching is a similar way where first few few games – F minus minus. That was just <laughs> yes. very frustrating. Just play calling, conservative, everything. What on earth were you doing? And then they work things back up. They have some really good game plans. A good game plan in the first half against BYU. You know, good game plan against Air Force. They shit. They changed their defense. You know, and, and it was good. You know, sometimes you have to do that. And they shut down Air Force to a degree that I could not have guessed based on what they did last year. And then, you know, on offense, some great play calling, some aggressive play calling, and some creative play calling at times. So, again, much better in the last part of the, you know, the second term than in the first term. It's just <laughs> Okay, at Mr. Anderson underscore 93, uh, give a D grade overall. It says A would be 5-1, and one, looking at the record. B would be 4-2. and two. C would be 3-3. Three and three. Offense without Coop is an F. Offense with Coop is an improving C+. Defense is a C+. Hold CSU to 17 or less, and I move them up to a B-. minus. Yeah, okay. this, this is where I say like the defense is... They're having a bit of the offensive struggles thrust onto them, um, mostly in the way that the offensive struggles lead to easy points for the other team, and that's hurting the defense's grade. So it's like the defense has a group project and they're being dragged down by the offense because the <laughs> offense wasn't trying early on. It's really good, yes. Um, so I, I, that's why I already have the defense probably at a B minus, where I think they've played pretty solid, but still some room to go, especially in actually getting sacks and then being a little more consistent in getting turnovers, where they don't think they got any turnovers against UNLV or BYU. But they did get two against Air Force, obviously. Right. Uh, at Sneed85 says, D, but getting better. B, by the end of the year, if we make a bowl game. A, if we are in the championship. B is for bowl game, baby. <laughs> uh, at Mamachi Doug says, D, it was a solid F before BYU, just barely an F after BYU. Good news is the final is worth 80% of the grade. I know, that's the thing, and you know, that's why my, my initial grade was a lot more positive because of some recency bias obviously when he picks the final that's you know last two or three games um so that that recency bias has tended to erase some of the just awfulness of early on unfortunately we still have to count it because this team's two and four we're acting like this team like um, i shouldn't say we I'm, i'm i'm kind of acting the way i'm thinking of this team now i'm almost acting like they're in that basically the records flipped like they were 
they're the team that we were expecting early on, the team that we thought would be like 4-2 and two by now. Right. We, we feel good after that Air Force win, but you have to take the entire body of work yeah, so that's in doing the, a midterm grade. You know, that's why you say a D, it's like, I can't argue against that because there's still four losses, three of which, well, two of which were awful losses. Um, Man, then a couple of them were maybe you live with, but you would like to win them. Right. Uh, 9315 saying, I would give them a P grade for pass, but that's it. Uh, 7994, USU play calling gets a D, but it is improving. Off-season prep seems to deserve an F. In-season adjustments are an A- and improving. Defense probably gets an incomplete because there is still work to be done. Yeah, I, th- I think we're all pretty well on the same page. Some of us have different grading scales, but... Yeah, it's it's very much a overall season. You're failing right now. You're still failing. Yes. But, you know, you're having that parent teacher conference. It's like your student is failing. But but they have completed the la- their last four assignments and they got solid grades on them. If he just turned this in on time. Yeah. <laughs> turned, yeah. Turned in your assignment on time. He was he was 4 weeks late getting his assignment in. Or five weeks, however many it was, before Utah State finally started to catch on. Uh, let's see, eight nine six eight. It doesn't seem many in our conference should get much of a grade, top to bottom. Yeah, Mountain West this year, overall, is kind of stumbling along. I mean, San Jose is emerging, which is kind of surprising. Looked like UNLV was, but they got smacked around by the Spartans over the weekend. It's like the Mountain West as a whole, I think, is sitting at like a D, D minus. Just everyone is, you know. Well, the teams we were expecting to be good. Again, I think I brought up that stat where like all the teams that received a first place vote were like a combined six games below 500. And everyone else was like, I think, at 500 or slightly above it or something like that. It's like this conference isn't very good right now. It's been rough. Uh, 0513, maybe a C minus to a C with everything. And I, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, coming up on the other side of the timeout, Jason and I will go through our grades, the grades that we would give. And I think you've already kind of alluded to a lot of yours. Yeah. I'll, I'll give my final ones. I'll say what they actually are. But I'd love to continue to get your thoughts on uh, if you were to hand out midterm grades right now for Utah State football on their first half body of work, how would you grade? The offense, the defense, the coaching, maybe by position? However you want to do it, love to get your thoughts as we look back on the first half of the season for USU football. That's next on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. Yeah, it was just kind of unlucky. What happened is unfortunate. We felt like we could push the pace. There's an expression that my coach in college, Eddie Sutton, used to have, which is, you can be tired, but you can't play tired. Like, Gerald Everett, I know you're sucking at wind. I know you need it out of the game. But, bro, you just quit because you were tired. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. 
Fall is in the air and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan across from Angie's can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. For over 20 years, Aegis Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Aegis' goal is to meet those needs. Aegis Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. This is Chris from the Cater Shop Menswear Store. We believe how you look is the first message you deliver. This also includes our floors at the store. Daryl at Chem Drive Northern Utah and his team came in after hours, cleaned the entire store, and had it ready to go before we opened the next day. I trust Daryl and his team from Chem Drive Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Midterms were never a friendly term for me when I was in school. I don't know if we really had midterm tests as much in high school if I remember. At least none that were really impactful. It was weird because like the traditional like school, you know, the, the midterms and the finals it felt like they the conventions kind of changed when I started going through high school and college. Because especially in college, it started being, okay, yeah, we have a final, but it's just on the stuff we, you know, it was basically just the final test that happened to be taken. It was only on the small portion of stuff you'd cover the last. It was more recent. Yeah, it was just like that section you don't, because you might have four sections or six sections or whatever. And it's just that le- a test on the last section you covered. It wasn't a cumulative final. Like, cumulative finals haven't weren't really a thing when I was going to school. Maybe more so in other departments. I wasn't in the most academically rigorous uh, major. Journalism <laughs> isn't, it's not really one where you're studying tons. It's more of a, you're going out and doing stuff and, and you know. Yeah, and I think midterm for me was always like, okay, how am I, how am I doing? Like, that was a benchmark for me. Like, okay, I really got to kick it into higher gear here. Or, yeah. yeah, okay, I got this. I'm doing fine. Yeah, say, like, all right, I got to be. We're, we're doing good. <laughs> so when we look at the midway point for Utah State, like, what, what kind of grade would you give the Aggies? If they had a midterm test today, how would they, how would they be graded? So we've had a various, you know, different 
grades that have been thrown out. A couple more texts coming in. If you want to weigh in, love to get your your suggestions. If you were if you were the professor here, what kind of grade would you give back? 435-339-0321. And 7994. Oh, I already read that one. Sorry. 0513. Uh says uh, he previously said he'll give a C minus to a C, but then in, then added to add on that, we can go back to SoFi. There is still a chance. Uh, and that's true. You know, if they go to, that would mean they would be the Mountain West champion and represent the Mountain West at the SoFi LA Bowl. Well, the LA Bowl at SoFi Stadium. Is it still the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, or did he drop that? Because I feel like that was just a joke. <laughs> it was a joke, a but he, he legit paid for it. The Jimmy Kimmel Live LA Bowl. I don't know if it was just a one-time deal, if they would allow that. I'd imagine they would kind of insist on a multi-year partnership. Yeah. Unless they couldn't get a partnership for the L.A. Bowl. <laughs> of all places. Uh, let's see, 8968. It's not where the Aggies are right now. Let's see where they are at the end where it counts. Yeah, but we have to assign grades still. Yeah. Uh, 0513 says it's still on, Jason. What is, what's still on? What did he do? <laughs> the Jimmy Kimmel? Oh, <laughs> still a Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But as uh, but Magic Johnson bought some of the bowl. Of course he uh, would. Okay. Can we call it the Magic Johnson Bowl instead? That would be. Or the Magic Bowl. So uh, my grades, I I went kind of position group by position group. I didn't just do offense and defense. And you did a full breakdown here. You put some thought into this. <laughs> So I do have an overall team grade, but I'm going to go position by position here. So I'm going to start on offense. I'll do my positions, and then if you want to do your grade on offense, you can do that. Then we'll switch to defense. But for the quarterback, I I give that a C. And it should probably be a little bit lower, but it's kind of like what we're talking about. I think I have some recency bias here. The way things were improving. and In fact, the last three games... The quarterback play was dramatically better and dramatically improved. Even Logan Bonner's final game, uh, in that in which he played, now he did throw some interceptions. Yeah, that was terrible. But there were, you know, there was the, the the style was moving the ball down the field and trying to do some more things. So that's it's on an upward trend. I've right? got it at a C. Wide receiver core, I've got them at a C, definitely below the expectations where we had coming into the season. I give running back a B minus. Um, Calvin Tyler Jr. has now had three games where he's rushed the ball for over 100 yards. Uh, I think Robert Briggs has kind of shown up and uh, been a bright spot. Uh, offensive line, I give them a C. Some positions there, you know, some concern, not getting things uh, set away. And then uh, the the tight end position, I give that a C minus. Definitely, and that may be a bit generous, <laughs> to be honest. But we haven't seen a lot of the tight ends, at least in the passing game. They're just glorified offensive linemen. Glorified fullbacks, really. Or that, too. Yes. Depending on where they're lining up. Because sometimes they're glorified fullbacks, sometimes. Well, not even glorified fullbacks. They're just fullbacks. They're just straight-up fullbacks. <laughs> and then other times Lead they blockers. are. Yeah, the times they are just an extra offensive lineman. So that's my offensive grade. And I guess if you were to summarize that, I'd probably put it at about a C. 
on the edge of a C minus. Yeah. So I went ahead since you were doing the the full position group. I figured I'd go through and think. All right, what what would I do for each one? So it's a bit off the cuff. I did have my overall offense and defense, but so for quarterback, I think you had a C, and I just figured I'd give him also a C, mostly on the fact that it's been passable. I never really banged on Bonner too much, aside from some bad reads and some turnovers. So I was never as low on him. Um, but and I've also not been super high on Cooper Legault yet. He's obviously showing out better than I was giving him credit for. Um, but overall, you're passing. That's about what you're getting. Uh, running backs, I think I also matched you where I – and I wrote it down before you said it, so I'm, I still put B-, minus. where I like what I'm seeing from the running backs. They were kind of iffy for a few games where I you know, wasn't liking what, what Tyler was doing. I was really wanting Robert Briggs to get more carries. Um, but the last few games have really pushed them forward. Overall, they've done really well. Uh, offensive line, I gave a B, probably the highest grade. Mm. I think run blocking, there were some major issues early on, but lately they've been so much better that you can almost forget some of those, and then pass blocking, they've been solid all year. And the Yankees really haven't given up a lot of sacks. I think they've done a fair job in yeah. pass protection. So that's probably the best unit we've seen, at least on offense. Uh, tight ends, I just gave them incomplete. <laughs> I can't analyze them because I don't know what they are. Yeah, that's fair. So we'll wait and see. Uh, wide receivers, they gave a D plus. Hmm. Still not enough from the last two games for me to really let them escape the doldrums they were in earlier. Brian Cobbs, if it was just him, he's probably worked his way back into a passing grade. But as a whole, the wide receiver core has just not done enough to really get into a, a passing territory. All right, uh, that's fair enough. But we'll uh, reveal our defensive grades on the other side of this timeout. Love to get your thoughts also, 435-339-0321. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Nova, Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. 
Cache Valley Bank. Growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cache Valley. Cache Valley Bank. Member FDIC. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Napa Auto Parts has all the stuff for, that you're going to need to get ready for those colder winter months like antifreeze, fuel stabilizer, ice melt. You've got the uh, portable heaters from HeatStorm. And uh, we've got a lot of other great things for your vehicle and for your home or if you're shopping your garage, go check it out. They've got five locations between Preston and Providence. That's Napa Auto Parts. All right, so midterm grades for Utah State. We handed out our grades for the offense, and now we switch to the defense. And position by position, um, I, I gave the defensive line a B for Utah State. Uh, I think they've done a pretty decent job of creating pressures for opposing quarterbacks, and uh, they've had a number of games where they've had a lot of TFLs uh, and sacks. So I, I'm going to give the, the defensive line a B. Linebacker core, a C plus. They have moments, but they've also had some times where they like to see more and more consistency. A C from the secondary. I was hoping to see more from them. Uh, they have had some takeaways, but that was supposed to be one of the really strong groups of Utah State defensively. And so that kind of rounds out my defensive grades. Yeah, so I was pretty similar. Um, I was So I had a B- minus for the D-line. And that's probably a little unfair, whereas I'm looking at it kind of right now where it's like they're not as good because they're hurting a lot for injuries and so they've not performed as well the last few games. Maybe that's unfair. You're losing credit for injuries. Um, but they have an overall positive, above average, you know, especially defensive ends. The fact they haven't gotten some sacks, like actual sacks, more consistently is big for me. Mm. And so the lack of production there um, – you know, I've not been a huge fan of uh, linebackers. I, I see plus as well, where overall they're above average and above passing. But you know, you, you got to be a little more dynamic. You got to be a little bit better at stopping the run in some places. So just just barely above passing. Then I actually gave the defensive backs a B minus, mm. mostly based off the turnovers. There have been some issues where there there's holes that you're allowing teams to pass into, and it's it's causing some problems. But the fact is, most of the turnovers for this team have come from the secondary. Forced fumbles, interceptions. And so the secondary, in terms of making plays, they're the ones who are making the game-changing plays. And so I gave them a little bit more credit for that. Hmm. Okay, I like that. That's fair. Uh, a couple more texts coming through that we can get in before the top of the hour. 8945. My midterm grade but overall is a D, but 5% improvement for every win going forward and minus 5% for every loss. Okay. Uh, 0-5-1-3. Uh, defense gets a B- minus to a B. Rush defense is getting so much better. It, it is. It is. Uh, there have been some significant improvements up front. And I have to give a huge uh, credit for how that defensive scheme was changed uh, against Air Force and Pretty effective how they took away the run and made it really difficult for Air Force, to especially on those early downs, which makes them very uncomfortable. And Utah State made them uncomfortable a lot of times. Yeah, and they really made them earn it. They didn't get any big plays, and and they played gap sound. And part of that was they were playing some pretty, you know, 
just they're like five or six defensive man fronts um, on that offensive line, five or six guys in that line, which that's a pretty good way to cover every single gap. And you can pull that off sometimes against Air Force, whereas they're not as much of a threat to pass it where you get burned for having a six-man front. So it's a good adjustment by uh, Utah State. We'll reveal our grades for the coaches and the team overall and continue to get yours as well. 435-339-0321. Uh, and uh, we'll have our pick six for the weekend. Try to predict what's going to happen. 435-339-0321. <laughs> I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Tonight's Thursday night football matchup between the Commanders and the Bears doesn't look very appealing, right? But although the two teams may be two of the worst in the NFL, tonight's game could be a crucial turning point for both of these teams. The Commanders picked up Carson Wentz in the offseason in hopes of finding their franchise quarterback. Wentz has failed to deliver in Washington. That puts a lot of pressure on the new Commanders quarterback, but an impressive win in primetime would certainly ease a little bit of that tension and keep them in the competitive NFC East picture as well. Justin Fields, similar opportunity, highly touted coming out of Ohio State, but the QB has looked really awful this season in Chicago. Now, one game will be a deciding factor in whether or not these two QBs keep their jobs, but a primetime game holds a lot more power, and primetime would be a great time to step up for either of these QBs. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.